welcome to the Living in Jesus podcast. My name is Ross O'Hare, and I will be your host today. Living in Jesus is a podcast designed to explore the depths of what it means to live a grace-filled life with Jesus as the focus. On today's podcast, we will discuss the concept of God. Our concept of God is central to living in intimate relationship with God, and so we will explore how our concept of God is established and why it can be difficult to understand the fullness of who God is. I hope you enjoy today's podcast, and here we go. Welcome, everybody, to the first uh, podcast of Living in Jesus. We're glad you're here. The concept today will be uh, our concept of God. And before we get into that today, we will we have a few gentlemen joining us today. We've got Ben Brezina. How are you today? Good, Ross. Thanks. Yep. And we got Greg Brezina. How are you? Uh, Ross, I'm at peace amongst the stress. Good. And we got Tom Price. How are you, sir? Hey, it's great to be here, Ross. Good. Awesome. Um, so we are going to take some time today to go over, like I said, the the podcast today will be over a concept of God. I just want to ask you guys some questions about that, and I'll start with you, Ben. Um, you know, what is one of the ways, or what is? how did you begin to have a concept of God? How did that concept of God for you start to formulate in your mind? Yeah, you know, it's interesting to me when I think about it that we're all born knowing nothing we don't know anybody or anything about anything. We have to learn everything. And so when I think about how I got to know God, the first concept of God I got was through my parents telling me about who God was. And so I think over time it's developed through reading God's Word and also looking at the person of Jesus and seeing Him. He was God in the flesh. And so, But that was later on in my life, I think, when I really started uh, reflecting on who Jesus is. So over time, I think it's evolved. And, and even I love being outside doing hiking in nature. And so I think I've, I've God's shown me things about himself through nature. So all those things. But initially, it was my family, my parents teaching me. And even by how they behaved, you kind of automatically assume sometimes about authority figures. And you place that, you can place that on God. Yeah. Uh, and what about you, Greg? Well, I'd have to say it, it. my parents were Christian, and we belonged to a Christian denominational church. And it was in, like, Sunday school or catechism that I got my first concepts of God. I grew up thinking God was a person that would, had a big stick, and every time you did wrong, he would hit you with that stick. Mm-hmm. And then it developed from there uh, I, I remember one Sunday school class where the teacher said, good little boys, uh, God hears good little boys' prayers, but he doesn't hear bad little boys' prayers. And I, when I was six years old, my mom said my dad was dying, yeah, uh, heart difficulties in, in the hospital. And she took us there to say our last goodbyes to dad. Of course, I didn't know what that meant. But after I said goodbye, daddy, uh, I prayed silently. I said, uh, God, please heal my dad because I remember all the, the Sunday school stories about God healing people in the Bible. And then, of course, the next day he died. So from there on, till I was about 25, I had a, a, a terribly warped concept of who God was. And you, Tom? Well, I was raised in a Christian home, and my dad became a pastor when I was uh, probably about six. And so heavily exposed to going to the church, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. But also at our home, God was talked about. We prayed 
uh, around the table when, before we ate any meal. And I got to see my parents live their faith out in front of me. And I recognized that, that there was something different about that. So that would say that that really shaped my beginning concepts of God. And how is it different? What do you mean by that? Uh, what do you mean different? Like you said, it was really something different about the way they acted or the way oh, they... Oh, well, they would live out their faith when they'd say, we're going to trust God for provision. They would actually trust God provision mm-hmm. and wait for God to provide, and God would provide. And so mm-hmm. I got to see that as a young child. Yeah. Well, you know, it sounds, you know, from all of you, like you said, that your concept of God really begins to formulate when you're young. I mean, obviously, your concept of everything begins to formulate when you're young. Included in that is your concept of God and all the different influences that are in that, like parents, society, school, Sunday school, church. But how how did you really see that your your concept of God began to develop? What helped develop that concept of God besides just specific experiences? What other avenues, what other people, you know, how else was it evolved and changed? Well, for me, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that uh, for 25 years, my concept of God was warped, yeah. you know, and I hated him. And then I, uh, I heard the gospel and, and I believed it and I became a Christian. And for the next 20 years, I tried real hard to be a good Christian, yeah. uh, to try to please God. He was, he, but he was still up there with the big stick, and every time I did wrong, he, it was the way I was discipled after I became a Christian that gave me a warped view of God because I, I really didn't understand who he really, really was. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure, yeah. yeah. I just think it's interesting, you know, I, the reason I asked that question and have you guys elaborate is because I think everybody's journey and how we begin to formulate our, a clearer concept of God is a lot about undoing the wrong or the warped concept of gods that we've had. And so just that journey of even how, how our warped concepts begin to become clearer, Ben, how, how, when did you kind of, when did that transition begin for you when you started to recognize, hey, a lot of the things I believe about God are just totally off? Yeah, I mean, I, I, we're all limited by the, what we know, and, and then that gets translated into what we believe, you know, and so we're limited to the information that we get or yeah. the senses that we determine. And a lot of times I think, you know, I know it's easy to try to determine who God is based on our experiences, you know, and uh, I think about our journey through cancer with our daughter who was six year old when she was diagnosed with a, a brain tumor. And I know there's a, there's a struggle there because you have this bad thing that's uh, life or death struggle and you pray and, and talk to God about taking it away and it uh, doesn't go away, then you, then how do you handle that? And so it's easy sometimes with your experiment, like it's so, so called the experiment of life, the things you face, the reasonings in our mind, we can start to form opinions based on that. And for me, a big transformation, I had to come to the point where, what am I going to allow to determine my concept of God? And when you come face to face with Christ, for me, that was a big turning point because here's God trying to reveal himself in flesh and say, this is what I'm like. Mm. Then you have to take that. I think each of us need to come to a point where we say, who is Jesus Christ? Did he really come? Is he a historical person that came to the earth? And I think 
the proof is more than any other historical person, there's proof that he really was uh, alive. And then you have to say, okay, what about his death? What about his resurrection? Did he really raise? And if so, then what is what he claimed about himself? There's a lot of legitimacy there. And what did he claim? He claimed that to Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Okay, well then, what is Jesus like? And we see he's love. He loved from the very first. The gospel shows him loving from the very first, all the way perfectly loved people, all the way to the end, to sacrifice in his life. Greater love hath no man than this, and he laid down his life. And so for me, that was just a a turning point when I realized that, that God's the type of love that was displayed in Christ that was revolutionary for me. God loves me that much, and he wants to have that deep relationship with me. Awesome. And you, and you Tom? Well, growing up in the, in the home that I grew up in, I, 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 I know that I was exposed to some really good, solid teaching about God. And, and again, like I said, seeing it lived out. But because of my own personal struggles with doubt, I'm not going to talk about that later, but it started in my teens and really culminated in my early 20s. And that defined a lot of what I thought about God for the next 10 or so years. And I would say in my early 30s, I had something happen when I was at seminary when all that doubt came to the forefront and and I had to look at it and deal with it. And I came to this conclusion that there was nothing within myself that I could do to make that go away. And my, my prayer to God was basically, God, if I die and go to hell, then that's just where I go. If I die and go to heaven, that's just where I go. Bottom line is, it's up to you, mm-hmm. and I can't do anything about it. And in that moment, there was, there was an amazing uh, just revelation of God's presence in my life and Him speaking to my heart, saying, this is the moment I have been working to get you to, to that understanding. And that took my concept, God, I mean, it, it, it didn't just take it a mile down the road. It took it a million miles down the road. And I realized how intimate and personal he was and that even in all those times of doubt, that he was working on something that was beyond my imagination. Yeah. And, of course, that wasn't the end of it. That sure. was more like a beginning to get me to the next place of revelation. It's just been one after the next. It's, it's been an amazing journey. Yeah, well, you know, it stands out to me as you guys talk about this is how active God is and how God is relentless in helping us have a clear picture of who he is. Right. And that's like you said, Tom, I think at some point in time, we all get to that realization where we can't really fully understand who God is. And we know that like that duh statement, but it's because we can't fully grasp who he is that when we begin to understand that we don't have a correct concept and that he's working in our lives, it almost puts us at peace in some ways of knowing even in the areas where we still don't have a clear concept of who he is, he's the one in charge of formulating and teaching us and impacting on us who he really is. It's not an educational feat. It's a relationship type of idea. And like you talked about, Ben, 
you know, that love that he has expressed to you through your life begins to show through and that begins to give you a clear concept of who he is. And that's a good transition to our next question. You know, in our Living in Jesus notebook, we broke down a lot of the attributes of who God is and what makes him him. And so a lot of the ones like love and spirit or relator and creator, and there's more that we've talked about, but why in writing the book, the notebook, did you guys decide to break apart, you know, who God is and the attributes that he has? And why did you focus on those ones specifically? Go ahead, Tom, why don't you start with that one? Well, there were many that we could have uh, expounded upon, but it felt like that all of those that we did look at, love, creator, relator, uh, <laughs> mine went like, what's the other one? Spirit. Spirit, spirit. Yep. Uh, those are the four big obvious ones. And, and a lot of the other things we could talk about flow out of those four. So I think we were, you know, we had limited space sure. and we really wanted to expound it on the biggest things. Yeah. And if I could, you know, add to that, we're, we are discipleship counseling and training ministry. So, you know, what we're focused on are people's struggles, whether, whether struggles with themselves, within their relationships with each other, with God. And so really the heart of living in Jesus, it addresses a lot of those issues of personal relationships. And so, you know, some of that stuff too, the, the concept of God, the aspects we focus on are those that affect our relationship with God and uh, who he is in relation to how he designed us to function. We need love. He made us to need love. And so he's the perfect source because he is love. And we want to belong and we want to have a relationship. And well, he's that relator, right? And so part of the ones we focus on is showing how we're the perfect match. He's created us to be dependent in that perfect relationship with him. Yeah. Uh, Greg, anything to add to that? Well, uh, I think the ones that we've broken out, creator, relator, are are essential. Uh, I think that's what brought me to Christ was that God is love, that he loved me unconditionally by dying on the cross for my sins. But uh, he is relator. I I think that that is essential to break these out so people better understand them and have a good concept. Like my concept was, was totally warped on who God was. But uh, as a relator, it's, uh, that's what we were created for. We were created for a personal relationship with intimate fellowship with God. By breaking that out, it, it, it emphasizes that fact to, to the people that we want to minister to. Yeah. So if you guys could give a quick synopsis or a quick answer as to which one has been on your heart lately, which one's really stood out to you, and why? Well, to bounce off of Greg, uh, Relator is the one that, for me, has had the most impact. I mean, the others are essential, important. Uh, love, spirit, um, you know, we're spirit, and, and, and he's spirit, and we c- connect at that intimate level. When I was 10 and, and, I, and I accepted Christ into my life, uh, that began a journey of conversation with God. And even though I... There was a, a level of discipleship going on in my life, you know, Sunday school and and just seeing my parents live out their faith. There was not a lot of explanation as to what I was going through. Mm. And so I remember in my alone times having conversation with God. No one told me I had to do that or need to do that. It just happened organically. 
And I remember talking to him, and I remember him impressing upon my heart and mind uh, back in conversation. And it didn't feel weird. It didn't feel like it was unnatural or, or, or not normal. But I do remember thinking to myself as a kid, does everybody else get to experience this? Mm-hmm. If they don't, I, I hope they do, because this is pretty cool. But there was also that level of, you know, I don't want to tell anybody else because I don't want anybody to think I'm weird. <laughs> Uh, but I remember just the the warmth and the uh, the acceptance that I felt inwardly, and, and again, you know, that rivers of living water flowing from me because the source is in me, and I get to have a personal relationship with Him. That's not defined by what the church says, what mom and dad says, what grandma and grandpa says, what the pastor says, but what God says. And so that's why that one is so uh, meaningful to me. Yeah. Awesome. What I think about is the sum of who God is, is vastly more than the individual parts, Mm -hmm. right? So this idea that he's a relator, that's impactful to me too, but you couple that with the fact that he's love and then, okay, you know, he's a person that I want to have a relationship because he's always choosing to act in my best interest. Now you put that together with the fact that he's spirit, which means that he can be present everywhere at the same time. He's a uncontained spirit. He feels so he can be with me all the time relating in love. Mm-hmm. And so it starts to get even better when you isolate each one of these things. It's it's wow. But when you put it all together, it's it's even greater than the than the individual parts. And I think that to me is impactful, all those things together. And we don't talk about this in the living in Jesus, but one of the favorite things about God is that he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so once you get to know him, then you know him. You don't have to get to know him again. Mm. It is a process that we're growing in. We're getting to know him deeper and deeper. But once we know some aspect of his heart is his character, then we're going to know him for all eternity in that way. And that's a beautiful thing to me. Okay. Uh, 20 years after I I became a Christian, I I performed religion. The way you can tell a person is discipled back then is that if you're sharing Christ with others, then you're a disciple of Christ. You're a follower of Christ. But it took that next 20 years to get burned out. And at the end of it, what changed my help changed my concept of God is one of my sons, he's like 13 years old, and uh, <laughs> he, 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 he said, uh, I don't have to put up with this junk around here anymore. And I said, what are, what are you talking about? He says, I, I'm leaving this place. Yeah. I said, where are you going? He said, I don't know anywhere but here. I'm not going to put up with it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have to listen to you all anymore. And I said, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm an ordained minister, okay? And I, it took me 20 years to build this reputation. Yeah. Uh, of my ministry, and you're not going to blow it away in in, in a moment of, of anger. Sure. And he said, "You just wait and see." So he went and packed his bag, came out, and I said, "You touch that door. You touch that doorknob. You're going down." Mm-hmm. And he grabbed the doorknob, and I jumped on him like bees on honey, <laughs> and uh, we we were wrestling on the floor. He said, "I won't go. I won't go." So he got up, and and right there on the floor, the Holy Spirit says, "Brazina, there's something wrong with your Christianity." Mm. And that's what started my search for clarifying my concept of God. And it took a few years to, to understand 
that God is love, that uh, he is a relator. I mean, it's, a, it's the concept of God that has changed my life, the, whole, the Holy Spirit within me. But it's that concept of God of instead of doing something for God, God just wants a relationship with me. Yeah. And, and then everything I do comes out of that relationship. So that's why a concept of God is so essential, mm-hmm. uh, especially a relator. What is it worth to get up in the morning and have somebody whisper in your ear, Greg, it's time to get up. Let's, let's go read a little bit. And that's a daddy. That's my father, God. And some mornings I get up and say, hey, daddy, how are you doing this morning? He says, I'm doing great. How about you? And we just carry on a conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing in the world that could pay for that kind of communion or relate relationship with God. But first of all, I have to understand that he is a relator. You know, yeah. understand that concept. You know, it's interesting as you talk about that, you know, what comes to mind is this idea that the way that we view God will directly impact how we treat other people, you know, how we act, what we, what we think is important. Like you said, you practiced religion for 20 years because you thought God was, wanted something, you, you had to do something for him, you know, and that, the idea that when God's, when the concept of God really comes into clarity and we see the true concept of God, how freeing that is, how exciting that is, and how impactful that is to our experience of life, because we directly, I mean, everything that we view changes. I mean, everything that we're doing changes. Everything it goes that, from religion to relationship. Yeah, exactly. Uh, can, I, can I share something mm-hmm, on that? I, no, uh, a revelation for me was understanding that a God who is love has to be more than one person. And so the concept of the Trinity always was really strange to me. But once you understand that God's love, it, it brings it into perfect clarity that there has to be another. If, you're, if your definition of love, agape love, is always acting in the best interest of another, or putting someone else's interest above your own, mm-hmm. serving, in other words, that's the type of love that Jesus showed us God is, then it's got to have another. A God that's one, that's only... And a single individual would automatically be operating uh, for self. And so when he invites us into the economy of his relationship of love, which is mm. they each serve and think about each other, that definitely changed my view of who I am and how I operate with God. It's I act in his interest and he takes care of mine, you know, mm. that idea of Matthew 6.33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be mm. added unto you. The Father will look after you. And so that whole verse took a whole new light. But uh, it, it really, yeah, changed my view of of who I am in this relationship, understanding that aspect. Just hearing you talk makes me think that, you know, there are some people probably listening to this whose view of God may ring true with how you guys used to view him. And, you know, you guys, you guys have been thinking about this and wrestling with this for years. And so I know that there are people who 
whose full concept of God is just listening right now, who's like, well, I, I just honestly have no idea who God is. And so, you know, one of the things that I, I think would encourage them is hearing you guys speak is that God is at work to show, again, who he is. And so all the things you guys are communicating, um, someone might be tempted to think, wow, they're really smart or they're really, you know, they've really got it together and they're constantly like, I wish I could be like that. And I think the one of the caveats to talk about is just that it's God's work in your life. And I know that's what I'm hearing from you guys, but I just think it's important to note that, that because we're all in a different place in this journey, we can celebrate what God has already revealed to us where we're at and what will be coming in the future. What are some of the areas of about God, about his attributes or who he is that are still challenging or hard to wrap your mind around that you're still wrestling with? Well, the, the concept of his, of God being sovereign. I mean, intellectually, I completely understand that. I understand that God is a creator and that he can, he can uh, control. But at the same time, you know, uh, Hebrews 12, too, says that, that he is the author and the perfecter. And, and I love to read stories. And, 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 of course, an author who writes masterfully creates this story that has amazing characters and all this stuff happens. And, and you go through this journey with the, the author in the story and you come to this conclusion and you enjoy it. But at the same time, in real life, God is an author and he's writing my story. But I'm not a fictional character that does exactly what he says. I'm a character that has a freedom of choice. Yet at the same time, this sovereign God is still in control in, right. in, in, in light of my freedom of choice. Mm-hmm. Do, I, do I fully understand how to connect those two? I don't. I, I, I admit ignorance on that. So in that moment, to help people, that is the area where you're, you know, our limited knowledge and your limited knowledge limits your concept and your ability to understand who God is fully. But how do you handle that unknown, that lack of full revelation? And how do you handle that in your life? How do you process that? How do you deal with that? Well, that's a great question. Simple answer. Don't walk by sight, but walk by faith. You know, just know, know that even though I don't understand that I can still walk this life out in faith. I can still make choices. My free freedom of choice, I can still make choices based upon the fact that God is sovereign in my life. And that even if I do make a choice that may not line up with what He would desire for me, He still has a way. You know, Romans 8, 28, He mm-hmm. still has a way of, of, of causing my choice to work out for his benefit, for my benefit, mm-hmm. and that he's still writing my story, and it's still going to have, you know, at at the end when the story is is published, yeah, it's going to have a great ending. Yeah, I think for me, you know, thinking about the eternal nature of God, that He never had a beginning, and He has no end. He always is. He's the I am, and you know, we we are not like him. That's one of the ways that we are not like him and we never will be like him. We had a beginning and we are in time where the experience, the only thing we can experience is right now. I mean, we can remember, you know, we can remember our past and we can think about what our future might be like, but today is all we got this moment. So when I think about the eternal nature of God, that it's hard for me to wrap my mind around that. But at the same time, God's spoken to me about the eternity. And 
specifically when I, uh, my wife and I, we lost a, a child. Uh, my wife was six months pregnant and we lost a baby. The baby died in her womb. There was no issues that we could see, no reason for why the, the baby died. He was a little baby boy. We named him Joshua. And I remember just really in my grief struggling with what's the point? Why create a life? And this boy never get a chance to experience the world as we know it now. And just talking with God and and I heard God speak to my heart. He said, you're thinking of just this moment and these six months as all there is. And when he said that, I was like, you're right. That's because all I know is this, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, yeah. but scripture clearly teaches that there's an eternal eternity and it doesn't talk a lot about what that's going to be like other than God, we're going to be together with him. And uh, so that's still something that I can't wrap my mind around. And yet the Bible teaches it. So it does. It gets back to me, same as you, Tom, about faith. Am I going to trust God that he is who he says he is. This uh, He's an eternal being, and he has presence in all in all time. Yeah. And it, it's hard, hard for me to understand that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, when I think about God, it's just, it's overwhelming. It's beyond my comprehension. You could take any of the characteristics of God, of um, omnipresence, omniscience, uh, omnipotence, and it just bog, it boggles my mind. Mm-hmm. But it's wonderful to think. Uh, it's it's wonderful to think about how do, how does God communicate with us? Does He communicate the same way we're communicating by from energy speaking words, and they they create sound waves, and they there was my words are received by the transmitters within y'all's heads and other people's heads. I get excited just looking into His attributes. Mm. Not and I, I don't pretend to understand him at all, but how can God be at every place at one time? Oh yes, He's Spirit, but how how, how does He actually sure. do that? Yep. How can He record everybody's thoughts and motives at the same time? Mm. And we're talking about seven, eight billion people yeah. on the earth. It's like an adventure to me. It's it's like searching for t- hidden treasure. Mm. But uh, I have no claim to understand it. I don't think I'll ever understand it. <laughs> but it's, it's a wonderful adventure for me yeah. just to contemplate the characteristics of God. Yeah. You know, we've talked about how our concept of God is formulated. We've talked about, you know, some areas that are really exciting to us and that are connecting with us, some areas that are struggles or just hard to wrap our minds around. And all this this conversation kind of leads me to this idea or this question of, you know, it comes down to our trust of God. You know, someone we want to be in relationship with, someone that we may or may not believe loves us. You know, all the experiences we've had in life, all the ways we feel about life or feel about God, 
comes down to this idea of, is God trustworthy, right? And to me, that it, we can boil down a lot of this to, do I trust who God says he is? And do I trust that he is for me? Do I trust that he loves me? So if this can be open to any of you three, but is, was there a time in your life where that switch flipped, where it went from, I don't trust God, or I'm not sure if I trust God, to I trust God with everything, even a birth that dies before it comes to fruition, or you know, anything, just our father dying at six years old. So is there a moment for you guys that sticks out in your mind where that trust was really built? I think it happens every couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, of course, one of my major ones was, was when I received Christ. I remember getting on my knees beside the bed and saying, God, if you're out there, if Jesus Christ is who this other guy says you are, come into my life, show me my sins are forgiven. Uh, right then, I knew God. I knew in my heart. I knew God. I I had no guilt of it. all my sins. Mm. All my guilt that I'd ever had just dissipated, just disappeared. Mm. That was one one event. After when I was about forty five, I was going to teach a, a, a deer camp, a deer hunters conference in in Estill, South Carolina, and uh, I was fixing to cross the Chattah Savannah River and uh, into South Carolina. And I, it, it was just like a revelation in my mind that Christ is my life. And that was probably the biggest revelation that I've ever had. Looking back, going forward, even as God is relator and talking to him, understanding that Christ was my life. His life was in me by the Holy Spirit, and all I had to do to experience his life was yield to the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me. Once that happened... I knew I knew God. Mm. Uh, I didn't understand omnipotence or omnipresence or omniscience, but I knew it was true by faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I knew it was true. I knew in my heart and my head it was true. I was totally, totally sold on it. So my follow-up question would be, you know, not everybody's experienced that, hasn't always felt that or had that revelation in that moment where you knew something had changed or something was different. So how do you... How do you reconcile everybody's personal experience with yours? Like, okay, so you went through that, but somebody else might not have. So how do we know, how, how can this help? How can we help others to understand that God is trustworthy and that God is love and is spirit? How do we then help people who haven't experienced that? You know, for me, it, it's an encounter with Jesus Christ. Everybody needs to have an encounter with the, the risen Jesus Christ and come to a conclusion of who he is. And uh, it ultimately comes down to what you believe about Jesus because that's, God said, I want to display who I am in the way that I'm going to do that. Yeah. I've done it in nature, right. but the way I've, I've done that is by sending my son. I conceived by the Holy Spirit God in the flesh, and you have to come to a decision. And for me, I personally had to come to a decision about, do I believe that Jesus is God? And then then I have to say, am I going to define God by my experience and my perception and what I can see or what I can't see? And he says something like, I'm going to cause it to work together for your good. And, uh, man, I can't see how that, that could happen. I don't know how can he do something like that, but... 
Ultimately, I think the encounter needs to be with the person of Jesus Christ. And I think that's who dad encountered that day on the on his knees. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same God that, that he had that experience. And yeah. yeah, we have different experiences or no experience, but I think ultimately we all have to come to that decision point of who is Jesus? Yeah. Is he the revelation of God? I've recently been reading through the Old Testament and I've noticed that if people needed to hear from God, God had to come on or come into a, a, a spokesman, a spokesperson, mm-hmm. and and then the people could hear the word of God. But today, as believers, those of us who who know God through Christ, we aren't dependent upon a prophet or a priest. I mean, we, we are citizens of a new kingdom, and we're all priests in that kingdom, and God speaks to us intimately. And as I sit and listen to people as a counselor, and, and, I, and I listen to their struggle, the first thought that comes in my mind, I know this is Holy Spirit, it's like, they need to hear my voice if they heard my voice. Mm-hmm. And I know that God's speaking to them. I know that yeah. they don't need me yeah. to interpret for them. They need to listen. And when they start recognizing, oh, that was his voice. I didn't know that was his voice. Mm-hmm. When, they, when they understand that's his voice and they start tuning into his voice, that's a game changer. Mm, yeah. It will change their life like they could not imagine. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And, you know, the concept of God can be so just that, a concept. You know, it can be so out there and just very educational again or a mental exercise. But what I like about what you guys have said is it becomes where we, we connect to him on such a deep level where we, ha- we are confronted with a decision that we have to make that affects our whole lives, that changes everything we think about everything. And then when we begin to actually, when we've made that decision and then we, you know, we invite Christ into our lives and we're experiencing that, then it's about the, the journey of understanding, okay, like Greg said, or and you said, Tom, how do I hear God? And what, what, I know he's talking to me. It says, you know, he's talking to me, but how do I understand that? How do I figure that out? And I think that's the journey you all have been on that we've all been on and that people, wherever they're at in the spectrum can relate to is that wherever we're at, whether we're early on or late, you know, we've been Christians for a long time. We can always know that God is pressing in and talking and relating and communicating to us and part of developing a clear concept of who God is, is us beginning to tune our ears to what he is saying, what he has said already, and then making that our own, making that choice all over again. Like you said, Tom, I'm doing it weekly or you know, every couple of weeks I'm making this choice again because obviously life hits us in the face or we have different experiences where we have to go and go back to the truth and say, well, God... I know I've experienced your love before and how you've related to me and what you've said to me, either through your word or personally. I'm going to choose to believe that even though X, Y, and Z might going on, be going on in our lives. And I think that will be the thing that helps our listeners the most is just understanding some of the applicable steps that it takes, but also just hearing your stories of the journey you guys have been on and continue to be on because I think it'll really show some, um, op- open some doors for them to really connect with God in a different way.
So along those lines, is there anything that you guys can think that um, will help the listeners? Um, any imparting, last imparting stories or words of wisdom that you have learned in terms of your concept of God and how we can help the listeners grow and deepen their relationship with God? You know, when I think about the story of where humanity went wrong, we're going to come to that, but it, it was a challenge to this idea of who God is and what's re, what he's really all about. And so I, I see myself that we I face the same battle. Am I going to define God based on my circumstances or my own reasonings, or am I going to take him as he has described himself? through the written word, through history, through how he's interacted with people and through nature as he's describing himself. Am I going to believe that? Or am I going to believe what I can try to reason or figure out or maybe what Satan is telling me, a deception? And so that's really the, the big helpful aspect for me of the concept of God. I believe that God has revealed himself over time in the scriptures, but also specifically through the person of Jesus Christ. That would be my my encouragement or challenge is to base your concept of God on that, what he's revealed, mm. you know, rather than how it seems in your circumstances right now. And I face that I've, with, with my son dying, with my uh, daughter getting cancer. It's easy to get off track and start thinking yeah. about how can God be yeah. good, but coming back to... Well, he's revealed himself to us in these ways with various people at various times and specifically in the person of Jesus Christ in a yep. dramatic fashion. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to base what I believe on him. It's a decision almost. Uh, I was thinking about the cover of the LIJ, the Living in Jesus notebook, and my words would be for the listener or whoever's going through the LIJ, let these truths sink deep into fertile soil. The cover's a tree with roots tree, on it, yeah. The, the cover's a tree with roots, and let those roots go down. It took Jesus about three and a half, four years of meditating, of working with his disciples to to get them to the place where they, they understood the concept of God and could move on once he left. And so I would encourage those to let your roots go down deep in the concept of God. Get mm. to know who he is. One of my prayers has been at the, like Paul prayed. He said, I pray that I may know him and the power mm. of his resurrection. The mm. power of his resurrection is the Holy Spirit that lives within me. Yeah. And it's the Holy Spirit that has given us revelation on the concepts of God. Yeah. And so by faith, let your roots sink deep into mm. the fertile soil of the concept of God or who God is. Yeah. And, and everything else, that'll be your basis for all the, the leaves and the fruit that comes from the tree. Exactly. Awesome. I remember when I was in my late 20s, I, I had a Bible that it was a study Bible, had commentary in it. And as I would read the scripture, I would also read all the commentary. And one day I realized I'm spending more time reading the commentary than I'm actually reading the scripture. And at that time, this is just me. This is I'm not prescribing this for anybody, but the Lord laid upon my heart to spend my time in Scripture, reading the Scripture, and then listening to Him, and let Him be the commentator. Mm. Again, it was a direction from the Spirit. And so for me, I would say that the greatest impact on my concept of God has been 
by God Himself, as He has taught me. Mm. Um, I love this scripture in Philippians 4 8. Paul says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of respect, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if something is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. And I realize the enemy cannot speak that language because everything he says to me is going to end up in fear, anxiety, doubt. It will not, he cannot replicate that with his words. Even if he's quoting scripture to me, uh, it will always get me into doubt and fear and, and, and anxiousness. But the spirit of God always lifts me up. If I'm feeling hopeless and he speaks to me, even if my situation is still hopeless, I'm full of hope because he spoke to me. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank you guys. I just want to um, say thank you so much for uh, taking the time today to talk with me about this and take this journey on the concept of God and how it's formulated and uh, where you guys are at. So thank you so much. And we'll be back next time. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Next week, we will look at the way God designed humanity. We will discuss how that's affected us personally and what we can learn from knowing our design. The Living in Jesus podcast is a production of Christian Families Today and is produced and edited by Ross O'Hare and Ben Brazina. Christian Families Today is a nonprofit discipleship counseling, coaching, and training ministry focused on equipping men, women, and children in how to build biblically healthy lives and families. You can visit our website at cftministry.org to find this podcast, information about the Living in Jesus study, and other free content. If you were encouraged by this podcast, it would really mean a lot to us if you would take a minute and leave us a review. This podcast and all our free content is made available because of the generosity of people just like you from around the world. Until next week, thank you and God bless. God bless.